0: Goodison Park, the place that we came as children, the place some of us bring our children, the place we always go to for the good times and the bad. It's sad in a way that this will be probably the final one of two seasons that Everton play at this old stadium. So I'm delighted to be allowed in to speak to my good friend, Everton, surname royalty, the daughter of Colin Harvey, my friend Melanie Harvey. We're going to talk about all the, dare I say, good times that we have had here and there have been plenty. Welcome to Across the Park podcast at Goodison Park. across the park podcast is proud to be sponsored by globe gas and heating for the best kitchen and bathroom renovations boiler servicing and repair and central and underfloor heating in the northwest head over to globecentralheating.com and quote across the park for a free quote Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very, very special edition of Across the Park podcast on location at one of the most amazing places in the world, in my opinion. Delighted to be joined by someone whose surname is Everton royalty, my friend, the daughter of the legend, Mister Con Harvey. Mel, Mel, thanks for coming back on. How are
1: you? I'm good. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. Isn't it lovely today? Yeah. The pitch is looking perfect. Goodison just looks majestic. Um, And there's a memory in every single corner of this stadium, isn't there?
0: Without that, we're going to talk about that. But it's a lovely summer's evening. We're just about to start the season. We're not going to talk current. But But we are are going into what is probably going to be maybe the last or the penultimate season that Everton played football at Goodison Park. Um, You're the big Evertonian. What's your first memories of of Goodison?
1: I was thinking about this when... when the, well, the last couple of days, actually, since you asked me to do this. And I, I was racking my brains. And I don't remember the first time I came to Goodison, okay. which is a weird thing for a football fan to say, because most people have a really, really clear memory.
0: Yeah, yeah. My first... You must be younger than I imagine. Yeah.
1: And I think that's part of the problem. So, I mean, as I say, there's memories all over the place. But my earliest memories are coming to watch um, reserve team matches. Okay. Um, when um, Dad was was the reserve team coach. Possibly came younger than that. Maybe not. It wasn't so fashionable to bring very yeah. young children to football matches. And obviously, Dad went to Sheffield Wednesday when I was really, really young, when I was a toddler. So, I maybe didn't come before then. Yeah. But I remember we used to sit up there. Um, watching. The main stands. Yeah, they'd open a part of the main stands for, for the reserve team games. I was watching some good reserve teams, It was a good team, that. Because that <laughs> it was in really the 80s, good. before your yeah. dad became yeah. first team. Yeah. So we're talking early 80s, so we were talking, we'll be talking Neville Southall
0: yeah.
1: in goal. Kevin Ratcliffe was probably playing for the reserves, Graeme Sharp will have been playing for the Reserves wow. um and, and others. So um I, I very, very distinctly remember Neville Southall yeah. was the reserve team goalkeeper for that whole period. When I was coming, I used to come with my granddad and my granddad's friend Norman, and I used to get an Eccles cake at half time. And and they are my earliest memories of watching football yeah. at Goodison Park. Earlier memories than that would be the staff (coughs) children's Christmas parties. Right, okay. Which took part in the Players Lounge, which is kind of underneath there somewhere, which is now a sponsor's lounge. And the legendary groundsman, Dougie Rose, um, was our Father Christmas. (laughs) Um, Very sadly, lost Dougie um, a few months ago. And um, I had a a laugh with his daughter, Julie, about, you know, he was the best Father Christmas, (laughs) better than the real thing. Um it's
0: not, it's not I don't think many people have a, a memory of one of the first memories of Goodison being with Father Christmas. That's quite a unique memory.
1: <laughs> and it was um Mrs. Search, who was one of the directors' wives. She she used to organise the Christmas parties. Yeah. Um and they weren't just for players' children, they were for the, the staff children as well. Right. So we used to we used to come along to that. I remember getting a toy cooker one year off Dougie Rose Father Christmas. Oh brilliant. So really, really special memories. Non football wise, um, then into the reserves, and then obviously, come 1984, started coming to first team games.
0: Yeah, mine are not too dissimilar to yours in, in the reserve fashion because probably early 90s. Now, my mum and dad's, we were never, we were practically poor. So I was always someone who had last season's Everton kit in PE, and I was always someone that my dad really wanted to take, take me to football, but he could never quite afford it's it. So
1: expensive.
0: Even back then, and, and yeah. I think early 90s was when the city was going through, a rare, or just coming out of a really mm-hmm. bad time. My family were on, on the end of a lot of that, and we were really struggling for money. So my dad somehow found out, I think it was in the pink echo, that it was kids for the quid, for the reserves, and he took me to a couple of reserve games in the main stands, and Jimmy Gabriel was the manager. And it, it, was, it was a team that, that wasn't very good, But it was my first insight and I was asking questions like why is it empty and I didn't quite grasp and I must have been around maybe about seven and then we upgraded to, do you remember, three quarter time? Oh yes. So the fans, Mm -hmm. for anyone who's watching who doesn't quite, I think the world's changed now, about 75 minutes, the gates maybe still do open. We don't encourage anyone to do this by the way, but the gates will open and Everton were getting beat, which in the early 90s a lot of times was the case. People could run in and take their seats. I mean, it's a vivid memory. I always remember it. it. was 1994 and we were getting beat 1-0 by Arsenal. We must have got in the last five minutes in the main stands. My dad just sat me down and everyone was pushing. And Peter Beagley crossed in for Tony Cotty and I just latched on. And then, God love me, dad. It, it wasn't until I was really in senior school years later that we could really afford to get a season ticket. But I always wanted to go. And this place became, have I got to go there? How do I get there? And we'd get the bus down. I didn't live too far away. we get the bus down with my friends and we'd climb the trees in Stanley Park and the old um park. I and mean, when it was lower, you could see it. And all the, all the stuff that young lads were, but it was all about this place. Was it a bit like that for you? You are always looking forward to coming to the game? And-
1: yeah, well, <laughs> um obviously, you know, we grew up in an, Ever- an Everton family, so my dad worked here. So it put a slightly different slant on it. But he'd tell you the stories of coming here from yeah. when he was a boy and you know, coming with my granddad, going in the boys' pen and my granddad going in the Gladys Street and meeting by the pawnbrokers brokers afterwards. And so it was always very much. And then my mum talking about she moved to Liverpool when she was 17 and she lived in in Hale Road and Walton. And she started coming to to Goodison Park. So all these tales were like legendary. You know, I remember seeing Pele and, you know, what. And obviously the great Everton teams, but all these tales of, of, of Goodison Park and, yeah. and match day rituals and, and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, as soon as I was I was able to come and it was, you know, the reserve teams, obviously, it was just so exciting. And yeah. even then when you came in and it was quite empty, unless you were playing Liverpool, it was a mini derby. It, obviously, it would echo round.
0: It's open under the stands, would not it? Yeah. Or something, yeah.
1: But even even those reserve team games, it was exciting. It was it was Goodison Park. It yeah. was it was Everton that was you were still watching Everton play. Yeah. And um it was still really, really exciting. And there was still match day rituals, you know, we yeah. still went to, you know, take kids and pubs. You probably still can now, can't yeah. you? And you know Absolutely you're, allowed you can. To, yeah. you're allowed my to wife kind of, who's them, you can, yeah. <laughs> you're allowed a can of Shandy and as I yeah. say, the apples cake at half time and all those things. And yeah, and then when you as soon as you moved on to the first team then it became addictive, didn't it? You had to go oh, to yeah. every game then and you know, didn't matter what age you were, if there was like your friends were having parties and stuff like yeah. that I was like sacked and up you drive off past and go and in stay, the match. Oh God, I still do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I still do. Sometimes if I'm coming home from work and I don't know, if you've had a bit of a bad day or if it's a nice night like this, I'll come this way and yeah. I'll I'll drive down Goodison Roads and just have a little look. And you know, if you're ever driving up and down County roads and you get stopped at the lights, you always
0: that street up, where you see the badge up, yeah, yeah you
1: peek up the streets so you can get a, a glimpse of the the stadium and i've lived in glasgow for a long time and come down with friends for entry races and things and we'd go into town afterwards and we'd be in a taxi on the way home and it'd be come on we'll go via gooderson and we'd all be getting out and <laughs> taking pictures outside yeah. uh, that was before the statue was up and by the timelines and Things like that. I've got many drunken pictures taken <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, on after we've been out after the races with, with the girls from Glasgow. So, yeah, it's just it's a it's a special place and yeah, um, for 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 all of us, isn't
0: it? Look, I want to get want to close the show on sort of how we will remember this because I think this show will be timeless and people will hopefully our families will look back on it and stuff in the future and go that was a, that was a great show. That's the aim. So I want to talk about don't quote don't. Good times, I've got to say good times because there's been plenty of good times at Goodison Park and I want to maybe do a top three, different categories. Um, let's start with the games. It, okay. is w- when you go through games, maybe not in order, but can you think of well, three games that jump out well, straight away? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first game, and this would probably be, this is going to be a bit of a strange one, but we'd won the FA Cup in 1984. Dad had been promoted to, to work with the first team. Yeah. Came To the first game of the season here after after that, and I remember I had my cap. We did, we all got mm-hmm. caps for the FA Cup, I had the cap on, and I would have been 11, 12, 12, and came with my granddads. And um, we got beat 4 1. It
0: was the doping game of the season, yes. was it? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I just couldn't believe it. It was just
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's happened here. Yeah. Proper event. This
1: is this is mad yeah. you know what's what what what's going on obviously it all turned around after that yeah, yeah. but um yeah and it just sticks in my mind so much because after the absolute elation of Wembley and then the charity Shields I remember coming back and you know tours around the city with cups and and all that kind of thing and then you come to the opening game of the season and you get beat 4-1 <laughs> and it was just what was everyone like it
0: full time? Was it like a bit what's happened here?
1: Uh, yeah, I think there was a bit of a, a, a distance, there certainly was among us. And um, I remember I was staying at, at Manana and Granddad's, and, and we went back and we were just like, you know, what's going on? <laughs> I don't know. I think we got some fish and chips to try and cheer ourselves <laughs> up. I don't think we watched Match of the Day. No. And I know if I used to stay there on a Saturday night, my dad would always <coughs> ring my granddad for a bit of a post-mortem, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. That
1: went on. That was a long post-mortem that <laughs> long now phone now. call. Yeah, that was a long <laughs> phone call. My granddad used to sit, classic, they had the, the phone at the bottom of the stairs and he used to sit on the bottom of the stairs and that was a long, long post-mortem. But obviously things changed a bit. Yeah. And probably, if you're talking about three games, that sticks in my memory for all those strange reasons. But the the classic... as. I'm going to move on to the second one I'll go to is when we beat Man United 5-0. Yeah.
0: Was that that, so, season, that, season, was, that, was, was that season season No, that was that season. That October, was it? Yeah.
1: October 1984. And, you know, it's Man United, yeah. you know, I know Liverpool would our greatest rival, but Man United, you know, the glamour club, the big the big team, the this massively successful team. And um and, and we beat them 5-0 and we just looked unbeatable. Yeah absolutely unbeatable and I think by the time the fifth I can't even remember who scored the fifth goal we scored towards the ends
0: you can tell us in the comments we'll, f- we'll forgive yeah
1: yeah sorry <laughs> about that um, but I think by that point it was just we just felt absolutely completely and utterly unbeatable that yeah. day and clearly it turns out to be a really really good season The juggernaut day
0: wasn't it the start yeah, of
1: yeah yeah I mean when you, you, it was just that day we were just on top so much I think there was a uh, A comment in one of the papers, one of the match reports, talking about how Everton cut through Man United like a a butter knife. And that's what it was like. Every time we attacked, you felt like we we were going to score. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful performance and and one that I'll never, never, ever forget.
0: Yeah, the crowd with them all game. It was
1: just, it was Man United, you know, and it just felt... It was at that moment, I think there was a lot of belief after that. It was like, right, okay,
0: that's it now. 5-0. Yeah. We'll, we'll maybe do one and one because I've got an idea here that you, I know. I think I know where you're going <laughs> and you're going to absolutely trump me because unfortunately. Well I'm older was, than you. Well, you said it. you now <laughs> said it, not me, but that's where I was trying to go. So, one of my, one of my first games, linking off the story before, uh, was Joe Rawls' first game as manager. Uh, Monday night, November, and we played Liverpool. And my dad, like, God love them. we, we had to come back in the old days in the street ends They used to announce the game. Game or two prior, if you go to the home game, you get the voucher for the Merseyside Derby. So my dad took me to Arsenal at home in around October. And we got the voucher for the Derby and he queued up and he got the tickets. They were the days of no phones and internet. Well, those phones, but the phone lines weren't that good and credit card payments didn't really exist. So you had to queue. God all of me queued and we got tickets. And all my mates in school were like Everton were bottom and Liverpool were top or seconds. And even at that young age, it was just unbearable. And I, I just kept saying that we are gonna win, aren't we, Dad? And he was, of course we are. And you see him looking at him. I'm like, God, I don't know whether to take him <laughs> to this. And I sort of That's got cool. a, I sort of realised yeah. a little bit when I was, I knew what was going on. I knew we weren't very good. And I'd been to a few games that season when we weren't very good. Mike Walker had been sacked. That night was just, for me as a young Evertonian, sat in the Gladder Street and we were sort of at the back. So at that age, I had to stand on my seat. I you
1: have and seen my dad much. had his
0: arm around me. Yeah. And it was at that end where Big Duncan put it in. And then Big Duncan knocked it down for Paul Ryds out to make it two. And I think it was raining, all it was it was cold, and it was electric. And for me, as a young boy there, I was like, I am just in love, not only with this football club, but this place. Another game for. Well, I'm just before
1: we move on to that. I'm just about to say you're very lucky because I was probably watching Oldham.
0: That <laughs> was at Oldham, yeah, of course.
1: Ah, <laughs> they'd <think> swap.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> they'd almost swap. So yeah, of I think. With, with um, Yeah. And I remember it was his 50th birthday, and it wasn't after that match, but I think it was after their first game at Oldham. I remember Joe coming, and Everton had been at home that day. Yeah. We'd all been at Oldham, so there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, no, so if we're, we're talking the best the best Goodison Park game ever for me, as, you know, yeah. the Bayern Munich game. Yeah, so. yeah, of course. And um, we were just talking as as we walked in. We were sat oh, over yeah, in the main stand, over at, down there, towards
0: yeah.
1: the just park ends, which out, was yeah. kind of being where we'd been sitting for a while that
0: season. in, I guess?
1: Well, I mean, there's the you know famously people say there was double the yeah. attendance that night. I don't think it was quite that many, but certainly it was a case of we were moving over and then we were moving over and yeah. we were moving Moved over. Down the line, let me get in. Yeah. I was with my mum, my mum and my sister. And um, I don't think our Emma came; she was probably too young. So it was it was our Joanna, and I think by the end of it, the three of us were like literally on a seat and a half. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone was just crammed in and sitting on the stairs, and um, I felt like. The, the stand was moving. I felt like I mean, the seats were probably moving. It felt like the whole place was rocking.
0: Yeah.
1: I must have been, what's it was 1985, so I was 13. So still relatively young. And I'd never seen anything like it. I mean, I would thought that the, the atmosphere at Wembley for the um, FA Cup final had been electric, but that was just something else. The noise, the, the, the adrenaline that was rushing through you, um, and then just the, the sheer joy. Obviously the first half, second half was a was a complete contrast. And there's the famous you know, Howard said, let the Gladys Street suck it
0: in. The noise was just Would you look down at your dad? Would you always look down and try and see him or were you just no, on the football? I do not know
1: whether you could see because the dugouts weren't like this. They were like a little mini bus shelter, yeah, weren't yeah. they? And they had a roof on them. I mean he was probably out there shouting and screaming quite a lot of the time. Um, Is that
0: video where they both like that? Out the yeah, out and the...
1: yeah, I mean, to be fair, I say about him shouting and screaming, he didn't do a lot of that. I mean, I think he's very much got a belief that once they're out on the pitch, the, the, the yeah. team really needs to, yeah. the players need to rely on themselves, really. I mean, the professional footballers, aren't they? There's not a lot, unless you want to make a tactical change or something, there's probably not a lot you can do. But um, yeah, it was some night and just that, that noise and when that the final whistle, just the feeling of, of, of jubilation. No, I imagine. And it was almost as though I wasn't allowed to go to the final. Why? Never forgive me for that, Dad. This is your chance to get him back. Too, too young and too much schoolwork, apparently. <laughs> oh, God. Um, he, he does actually say he regrets it now, but I wasn't allowed to go. Simon Kendall wasn't allowed to go either, and so we're both very bitter about oh, that. Oh, I imagine. Um, yeah, Simon wasn't allowed to go either. So, um, yeah, much bitterness from, from the pair of us. Whenever we meet, we always <laughs> bring relief. it up. So, yeah, so for me, obviously, the, the Bayern, and I think for a lot of people, the Bayern Munich game almost felt like the final. Clearly, a lot of people couldn't go yeah. to Rotterdam for, for many different reasons, um, not just having over parents. parents. Um, but, um, yeah, that night, yeah, it doesn't get any better
0: than that, does it? It's crazy, because, again, we'll link it a little bit, and one of your best best nights there, I, I grew up on that VHS. And my dad would say to me, well, watch this. you know, If everything got beat or whatever, it was a Sunday and mum was out and... Back in these days, you had four channels and a, and a VHS, and he'd, that Bayern Munich tape was, it, I'm surprised it would ring. Worn out. <laughs> and you'd watch it, and that was always something again. It's, it's, it's about how generations can link up just through one place. But again, we're, not, we're definitely not comparing here because I'll lose every time. But if I think of another game that, that comes to mind, it would be um, a similar scenario. Uh, it was 2005 when we were trying to limp over the line to qualify for the Champions League around April time, and we, we were limping over the line. And we had Manchester United. Uh Wayne Rooney had all I think Wayne Rooney came back two months prior in a cup game and he had all sorts of you know abuse. Um and he got it again that night. It was a nighttime game. And Big Duncan again at the street end scored. And it honestly, it was like someone just just let a bomb off. And it, it just added the Rooney thing, because Rooney was young at the time and he was biting. He was biting back, he was having little nibbles and
1: it must have been very hard for him. Because... Oh, of
0: course. He was 18. And, mm-hmm. and he's getting grown men, chatting mm. about his family and things. Absolutely. But things like that can sometimes add yeah. to the atmosphere. Oh, yeah, in a no, weird way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. You don't condone yeah. it at all. But
1: no, no, I get it.
0: And then it's more electric. <laughs> and then when that the full-time whistle blew, at this point, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man and I can go for a pint. And we went for a pint. And there's people in there going, it hasn't been like this in the winds, though, for, ye- for <laughs> years. It hasn't yeah. been like this. Trust me, I like, can enjoy it. And that's, a, that's something, I'll, a game I'll always remember. Sometimes you, there's weird games where you remember the build-up. Walking down from the old Elm Street, I, me- I remember it. Someone's saying, Rooney's playing, and everyone's singing Everton songs down spell lane And it's just games. Is it like that for you? Not just a game? Some vivid memories of yeah, before and Yeah, moments.
1: And... Definitely, definitely moments. Um, I do want to get to moments. I do want to get really to that. I don't really remember a lot. About after that Bayern Munich game, I think I just was probably so overwhelmed, and yeah. I was quite young. I think I was probably just so overwhelmed. I remember going to school the next day, and I was absolutely shattered. <laughs> it was
0: like I could, I play.
1: Yeah, yeah, and just, just felt. But I don't really remember the moments immediately after the game finished. I think the game was just so, so overwhelming. It was probably just all the adrenaline yeah. leaving your body and everything else. But yeah, it's a little. Rituals and things that that you that, that always stick in the, man, the mind for me. It's those moments, like you know, the apple cake with my granddad's. The you know, the getting snuck into the Albert pub on the way home after matches. Yeah. With they're the really happy memories for me. I'm chasing of, a toffee leaves trying to get toffees,
0: chasing around. <laughs> if you're on the Gladstone Street, you'd go from the church to the Bullens and try and. I
1: know, just for an Everton match. Yeah, crazy. It's it's yeah, they're really just like going to kfc with my mum and my sister after the match we used to park up near where she used to live actually and um so afterwards we, we you know very lucky you could go in uh, the players lounge for a little while after the match and then but we, we couldn't park here we used to park miles away because it's so hard to get parked and, yeah. and you know sometimes we come on we'll go to kfc for a treat i don't even eat chicken anymore i went vegetarian <laughs> quite soon after that the <laughs> you know, yeah, chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah just little <laughs> memories like that um just, just happy memories coming. Obviously, we, we lost my sister sort of more than ten years ago now, and I remember just coming the match with her. She wasn't really the biggest football fan, but we, we all, you know, we'd come together and yeah. coming with my mum and, and my sisters, and i with my granddad be, before that. They're, they're the things that really stick in my mind. You know, yeah. waiting for the pink echo, getting sent out to the shop for the pink yeah. echo on a Saturday night, desperate to get it because there was no Sky Telly so you'd listen to the Radio City. At Six. Of oh, off, yeah. <laughs> You know, you'd listen to Radio City in the car on the way home because you'd get all the aftermatch interviews and everything. Then you'd get home and then it was straight round to the, to the shop to, to yeah. get the pink echo. And yeah, it's there. They're the kind of really special memories for me. Obviously, individual games, but those rituals and it just was so much part of, of, of childhood days. Yeah,
0: Mum was football focused and then my dad would buy me the program and I'd read it from front, oh, front bird, to back. Oh, yeah, to. Front to back. Just, Absolutely. Just to ends on the games. Is there another game that you want to bring to mind? I did say three. I know you have probably got more than three, and not necessarily your top three, but it's another one that springs to mind. The game where, you've... oh God, God, I'd love to relive that. To maybe. relive
1: that one, probably the the, the games, the, the, the you know, the games when the trophies got lifted. Oh, of course. You yeah. know, watching watching the and the, at that point, the match doesn't matter. But you know, yeah. you're sitting seeing Kevin Ratcliffe lift up the. Yeah. The, the, the trophy more than the actual game. The only other one, really, and it, it's not a game particularly to remember, although we did win the game, was um, May 2019 when the Holy Trinity statue got um I remember, yeah. got unveiled. And we played Burnley, I think. Yeah, Burnley. And it was a Friday night. It was night a Friday night game, yeah. And we won 2-0. And funny enough, looking back on match reports, talking about, oh, you know, pushing for a Europa place, no, anyway, <laughs> but what really sticks in my memory about the game, I don't really remember much about the game, if I'm being honest, because of all the emotion of the event beforehand, but was taking me and my sister taking my niece and nephew out onto the pitch before the game. And the 1878s have done a, um, a, a banner, a Holy Trinity banner. And um, yeah, that's very, that's,
0: that's very special. That's very special. really, really special. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I can never trump that. Uh, but I'm, I'm going a pole opposite. And I, I hate hate the fact that this is a game that was special to me. Uh, it would be the Crystal Palace game a couple of years ago because I think I've said to you, because we've been mates for a while now, I was, I was having steeple nights. I was really worrying about it because bringing up my, my little boy, he was three at the time, and he, I was lying to him over how good I was, and I was coming home from the match. He's like, Dad, he's never winning. I was lying through my teeth. And for some reason, I just felt enormous pressure of like, if this goes really wrong, I'm gonna bring him into this. And then we've a little daughter since and that palace game. I just remember when Everton scored the third goal. I sit in the park end now. Really good view of Dominic Calvert Lewin scoring the third goal, it's hugging everyone around me. And I remember just looking back at the pitch, and it was like an out-of-body experience of like there was stewards on the pitch ushering fans off. There was Pyro, there was Tanner going, get off the pitch. There was stewards around the players. And you were just looking like a war zone. And I was just like, please, can we and a full-time whistle. I've got no bones about saying it, I, I did go, that Crystal Palace game, I went onto the pitch, and I just hugged my mates, and I was like, and we know what came since, I was like, never again, Can he pull us through this, but I say that game, just because of how I felt, if that makes sense, the oh, feeling no. of, I mean,
1: I, I felt the same, I was with my cousin, I sit, sit with my cousin, we sit, got our season ticket to the back of the main stand up there, and, you know, me and I, Matty have been Evertonians all our lives, and, been to a lot of games together. Been to a lot of the same games when he used to have a season ticket in the Gladys, and um, we we felt the same. We hugged and and you know we celebrated and a lot. back now I'm a little bit ashamed that I was celebrating mm, if I'm being know, honest because we, we shouldn't really we shouldn't really have been celebrating because although we did stay up we have, we we very nearly got relegated. Well, do you know,
0: Gary, you on the podcast. Sorry, to interrupt, what are, what he likened it to, and this is the best analogy I've ever heard. He says, have you ever been in a situation where you're wait, waiting for money to hit to pay your staff or pay your bills and it hits last minute and you've got that, oh my God. And, and you do have that emotion the next day you go. Oh,
1: All the money's gone. You know, and then you have to start again. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and, you know, Some have celebrated that, but that mo- that no, moment in time and, was... Oh
1: no, I mean, we we celebrated and um, we didn't really celebrate the end of the last season there. No, me neither. Because we were a little bit too angry. Yeah. But um, we, we did celebrate and... I think it's a huge relief, as you say. I, I was exactly the same. We I didn't sleep for about two weeks, yeah. barely sleeping. And you know, I'd had a really, really stressful time leading up to that. My husband had been extremely, really, really seriously yeah. ill. And the fact that I was having sleep this night so football makes me quite ashamed now because I'm thinking, goodness me. But um he gets it, it's fine. Yeah. He's a big football fan as well. But um yeah, it was it it was I think it was more a relief, wasn't it? And it was a relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it's stressful if you're going into a big game you need to win for a good reason. It's stressful if you're going into a, a big game you need to win not to be relegated. You know, it's stressful going to a cup final. And here,
0: as well, is, doesn't it? Stre- oh, yeah, in
1: yeah. It's stressful. The Bayern Munich game, that was stressful. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah.
1: But we were celebrating for a different reason. But I, I get you about the Palace game. It was memorable and it was... It was something to celebrate at the end in a, in a sense... So
0: I do, I do understand, and I had all the same emotions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's been some amazing players, and again, it's it's going to be quite not embarrassing, but I'm not. I wouldn't put my five side team against yours, <laughs> but that way you've seen a lot better than than I am. I'll give you my, give you three quick players of mine, then we'll expand on yours. Okay. Um, simply for what they gave me, emotion wise, in certain games, I'd go for Duncan Fergus and Tim Cahill. I thought they were all, when when they played forever, and we had a chance, mm-hmm. no matter who we played. I won't so argue if, with you on if that. If you got them fit. Um, and the ability, the best player I've seen would be Neville Southall. Yeah. I've got Alan Ball on my, my shirt here. I mean, Dad used to say, it's Bally and it's Neville. Like, there's there just, just two players who were, He always said Ballie and Neville. For me, Neville Southall was unbelievable. Is there three players straight away that you think, what a pleasure to watch them here? Well,
1: I'm going to give you three outfields and then I'm going to go Neville as okay, well. That's fine. Um Because I don't think goalkeepers are footballers. I think they're part of the team, but they're a completely different beast. They they have to train differently. They have to have a completely different mindset. They don't play football, do they? They're part of a football team, but they don't play football. Neville is by far and away um, one of the best people that I know Mm. as a person. He's one of the most honest, decent, um, dependable people. He's one of the most hardworking people in his life. And, as, and that came through into his football. You're talking about a man who was a, a refuse collector. Yeah, you know, yeah. he, he's he's just a hard worker. And he put all that effort and ability and hard work as a, as a man, as a person, into becoming the best goalkeeper. He was the best goalkeeper in the world. Absolutely. You know, if, if Everton hadn't been banned, or your, um, English clubs hadn't been banned from Europe, and if he hadn't played for Wales, he would have been heralded. All the grand, as, yeah, all-time great, yeah. yeah. So if he'd have been in England... Goalkeeper, or if he'd been, you know, France's goalkeeper, or yeah. you know Brazil's goalkeeper, he yeah. would have been regarded as the best goalkeeper in the world. And then out, my three outfield players, Kevin Ratcliffe, okay, just one of the best defenders I've ever seen. And the way that he could get back, and the that team played that very high pressing game, and the way he could get back, I just thought he was brilliant. And he was a great leader. He was a brilliant captain. Um. And then I'm moving into midfield, Travis Stephen. I thought
0: you were going to say your dad.
1: No, I never saw. <laughs> him. Oh, work, of course, really. yeah. Really, I mean, I probably did, but I don't really remember. But Travis Stephen, for me, was just immense. I just... Do you think he gets enough credit, Trevor no, Stephen? No, not at all. It, it's strange. There's a couple of players from those teams that don't get enough credit. Paul Bracewell. Mm. I'd, I'd probably be stuck between Paul Bracewell and, and Travis Stephen, to be honest. But... Yeah, Steven could play anywhere. Yeah, he started off as a defender. He could play central midfield. He could play him up front. He could play anywhere. He was classy. He was play. He was pacey. He was. He would could tackle as well. He he was just brilliant. Yeah, he was just absolutely brilliant, and he was also pretty cool as well. And he was one of the young ones in that still team. We've and have seen he's him now. Cool. He yeah, he's very cool. You know, and he was into his music, and he was just he he was just a brilliant, brilliant footballer. He. Probably my favourite. I loved Graeme Sharp. I had posters Graeme Sharp on the on, on the wall when I was a kid because he was just the goal scorer and he was yeah, the, yeah. the, the centre forward, course, wasn't yeah. he? And I loved I loved him as well. But Trevor was probably my favourite. When I look back, he was probably my favourite out of that team. And then I'm gonna jump a bit and I'm gonna say my other probably my other player who I absolutely loved was was um, Pat Nevin.
0: Yeah.
1: And again, for for loads of reasons, I just thought he was a brilliant footballer. Dead hard working at his football. him, didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead hard working at his football. Dead hard working in training. And again, just one of the nicest, best people that, that I know.
0: The crowd loved Pat, didn't he? He was a crowd favourite.
1: Yeah, and he, he was just, he was a very, very clever footballer. He yeah. was a very classy, very clever footballer. But what I think the crowd appreciated as well was his, his work rate, his effort. And I mean, that just wasn't on the pitch. That was in training as well. I mean, I don't know if you've read his book, but he talks about the extra training he would do Elvesa, and, yeah. um, and obviously you know huge music fan um, put me onto a couple of bands told me the bars to go to when I moved to <laughs> Glasgow as a student and just and still keep in touch with them to this day and he's just one of the one of the nicest people that I know So they'd probably be my picks
0: I wouldn't argue like I no. said it was a five-a-side five-a-side <laughs> five I think <laughs> Neville nice. might it's not him. a very
1: balanced team there actually I've picked two midfielders and two right wingers actually but Trevor could play anywhere
0: yeah, yeah. my dad used to say about the Everton team and he said, Stephen and Stevens. it came oh. straight-hand side.
1: And the way they crossed over and they, they really complemented each other and they understood each other and then sadly they both left to go to Rangers at the same time yeah, as yeah. well. But that was the European ban for you.
0: Killed us, yeah. Absolutely yeah. killed us. And
1: David Murray and all his money.
0: So let's not go there. Let's no. keep it positive. Yes. Let's keep it nice and positive. <laughs> um, the, sometimes we've we'll, we'll talked about games and we've we'll talked about players, but sometimes there's moments that are lost that done. It may have not been part of the greatest game or the greatest team on the greatest day. So I'll just touch upon a few moments. Again, I'll, I'll fire three three quick ones at you and then we'll, we'll go on to yours. Um, Wayne Rooney scoring his first goal. I, I thought everyone everyone in this stadium that day thought we've got something special. Because every now and then you do hear about names, and I won't say different names, of players who he's going to be the next, he's going to be the next. And I think there was a bit of hesitation with Wayne because we've had a few prior. We've heard this before with X, Y and Z. But he... And, the start of that season, he was great, but he hadn't scored. And he was 16. And he plucked the ball out of thin air. And he put one past David Seaman and everyone. I think that moment is... is everyone, know, everyone knows where they were sitting or where they were when that happens. Um, another one, and, and this is strange, strange. but I was one of the lucky people who, when the ground started reopening after COVID and he had um, pockets of fans... We had 6,000 versus Wolves in May. I was at that game. And I was—I I missed the three. We had mm-hmm. United in the Carabao mm-hmm. Cup. Mm-hmm. We had Arsenal and Chelsea all in December. Mm-hmm. And I missed a ballot for mm-hmm. all three. Me too. And I got that one. I got that one as well. And to walk into that ground that after.
1: What a moment. Because you don't know what you've got. No.
0: You know, sometimes, you'll, I'm guilty of this, and I'm sure maybe you are and others are. You'll come to this place, and you're. It's, sometimes it's a routine. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you, you get here 10 minutes early you sit sitting in your seat, <laughs> and you'll just go home, and everyone, and everyone that's that's fine. Everyone can do that. But what I'm trying to get at is you don't realise what you've got until it's gone. Yeah. And I think Everton had a good team last season as well. You we had mm-hmm. a Carlo and a dugout, and and Camus Rodriguez had his paintbrush shout, and Dominic was having a great season, and just to get in. And I remember, it was I remember this video. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was me too. Yeah, crazy,
1: yeah. Man. I was sat up there, and I came on my own, and um, I parked at my, my friend's house, um, in Great Homer Street, and I walked down. And um oh it was that exciting wasn't it? Yeah. I was just on my own and like and then I I saw the guys, the food bank guys, so I was having a chat with them, and then I went and got myself a portion of chips and um they let me bring the chips and everyone was being really nice. Yeah. It's like can I take my chips? And they went, like, Yeah, you can take your chips. <laughs> it's and then when we came in, like they, they handed you a bottle of water and a Mars they bar. Did? Yeah. So for my tea that night, I had a portion of chips, a bottle of water and a Mars bar, and I was just delighted. I forgot the Mars <laughs> bar and bottle of water. because there was no snack bars open or anything. Yeah. So they handed you a bottle of water in a Mars bar. So, yeah. And I was just sat on my own up there. And I think I saw someone I knew. I can't remember now. sitting. But you weren't really allowed to move, were you? No. I think I snuck down, had a bit of a chat with them, and then went yeah. back to my seat. And it was near where we normally sit. But um, my cousin and my uncle weren't allowed to come because they lived in West Lancashire. And I don't think they were allowed to enter the ballot for some reason. Oh, right. Okay. So, because I live in Merseyside. I could and I think by that point that rule had passed, but they hadn't gone in the original ballot. It was something complicated like that. So that's why I ended up on my own. But um, yeah, the bottle of water and the Mars bar. Yeah, I
0: was I was taking a video of just walking in the, it was empty concourse and yeah. I'm just sending it to the lads sit next to him the season ticket. Yeah. say, look where I am in the concourse and, and no one else is so there. So exciting. And the only just the other one that the top of the head is um remember again like a bomb went off and Michel had to score past Fiorentina. Oh gosh. And I remember I was at the game and I I, I sat in the street end and then again it was chaos and, um, and we got beat up pens that night but when we watched it back at the other highlights and the commentator says as the camera's bouncing this place is literally bouncing yeah. and for me that was just a moment in time where I just thought this is special, Like just yeah. being here any little moments like that that stands out for Definitely you? Definitely
1: the Covid one was the same for me I was so excited to, to just be back at Goodison and I think I'd got one of the previous ones and then something changed and you couldn't come or something
0: Same as me, West Ham yeah. And then, in, and the, Ma, Man City as well.
1: I got one and then it changed and you weren't able it to seems come. Me, yeah. And then I hadn't got one of the other ones. And then when I got got the one, but the same, it was just that excitement of it was the release of being able to do stuff, yeah, I think, yeah. as well. But being able to come back to football was huge. It's wasn't like it? cars
0: in the ground. Yeah.
1: And, and I just think that we, you know, we missed we I mean we missed us winning at Anfield that know. You know, it's just cruel, know, isn't it? It's absolutely cruel. So yeah, that coming back after COVID was definitely one for me. I, you know, I can't ever go out past like the the this, the um, the statue being unveiled. So yeah. That was a very very special moment. Another special moment was, and I can't tell you exactly when it was, but when they unveiled the Hillsborough memorial at the
0: the park ends. Kenny did there as yeah, well.
1: Yeah, Dad and Kenny Dalglish did it, and I I was living in Glasgow at the time, but I was either home for some other reason, or I came specially for it. This is quite a funny story. So we, we came and my, it was my sister Emma and I and my dad all came to the match and we, we went down and him and Kenny unveiled the, the memorial. And it was really, really special. And some of the families were in a lounge in the park and beforehand, very privileged to, to get to, to meet yeah, them. Yeah. And it was a really, really nice, really, really nice moment. And it was nice to see Dad and Kenny doing that together. And then was, I don't remember anything about the game, I'm going to be honest, mm. but the actual unveiling of, of that statue was, was a really, really nice moment. The plaque in the wall there it was a, was a it, yeah. really nice moment, yeah.
0: And do you know what? Just before we move away from that, I, I think it's important. I, I feel quite embarrassed by not bringing this up, but the way Evertonians and the staff here reacted to the justice campaign when Liverpool fans got justice with a game against Newcastle, mm-hmm. I think where the Liverpool fans were first abolished from blame. And they had the two children, nine and six, yeah, in the like, pool, yeah. and he played. He ain't heavy, Yeah. and it was just like really nice. this is beyond football. And you yeah. that. I'm getting it now. Yeah, and definitely. Then when in and 2016, he done it again with the with the families came on the pitch against lovely. Bournemouth. It was. They played the same song, and yeah. you're just like this place man, it manager. Yeah,
1: it was lovely. That was that 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 was another really really lovely moment, and the unveiling of that park was a really really lovely moment. And another one that that sticks to my mind is when the war in Ukraine first started. Yeah, and um, you know it was was a very awful and emotional thing anyway. But the fact that we, we have a Ukrainian player yeah, yeah, he's so young. Yeah. You know, and I just remember feeling really heartbroken for him and thinking, all the money in the world doesn't change the fact that you've got a family
0: yeah, living course, in that course. environment.
1: Um and I remember us playing um City
0: because Zinchenko was the same. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And we played Give Piece of Chance. Yeah. And um I thought that was a really a really really beautiful moment. Um, and I think that's something that 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 we do really well um, as a as a community at Everton. I think, and that comes from the fans. The, the club The club do it, but it's because of the it's because the fans are so inclusive yeah. and so such good people. And um, that was a really really special moment for me as well. Mm. And I think as well other special moments for me are the sort of when the food bank fans supporting food bank got yeah. their established place in in the park ends that was a very special moment for me because we always um go to see them before the match and obviously take a donation but just go for a chat because they're just the most beautiful group of people that, that you could ever meet you know people giving up their, their time to to do that um they're, they're just wonderful wonderful people and I think when they got established and they got that proper established spot in the corner, the first time we went, we were like, oh, this is is really, this is great, isn't it? And that was a really special moment for me as well. And again, that's another great thing that we do as a a community of Evertonians.
0: They're the proper Everton things, aren't they? We always say tongue-in-cheek or proper Everton when we get beat or I lose a tenner, proper Everton. But the Mm -hmm. real proper Everton things Mm -hmm. are the heartbeat and what we do around here. And that probably brings us on to when this finally it's never going to really go because there's plans to, to keep Everton in this area, like part of the community. Mm-hmm. And they've got designs out there where mm-hmm. there's still going to be things here. But the ground itself is unfortunately going to go. Everton won't play here. Are you ready for that? No. No, I'm not either.
1: <laughs> I won't lie. I mean, Bramley Moor, the, the new Everton Stadium looks amazing and it's, it's going to turn into an iconic stadium. It's on the waterfronts. You know, they've got the tower. It's, you know, it's in a great spot. So that... That was a brilliant place to put it. And if you're going to knock down this place and rebuild, thank God, we're going to be in a, a really iconic yeah. area. And the, the stadium is looking really, really good. But no, no one's ready to go from here, no. are they? I mean, and you know all the reasons for it. And I get annoyed, you know. I have to battle my way through, like, 500 people to try and get to the you toilet at half-time. Yeah, yeah. You get a warm pint at, at half-time because, the, you know, the snack bar where we sit isn't big enough to have proper fridges and et cetera, et cetera. And all that sort of stuff drives me insane. But leaving Godison, leaving Walton, you know, leaving this area is is heartbreaking. Mm. Um, my favourite um, team in London is, is Arsenal, just because I've been to so many great um, Everton games there. And we were down in London a couple of, couple of years ago and we went to, to see Highbury. Um,
0: it still looks a little bit like hybrid, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, totally. I mean, you go inside and two of the stands are, are flats. Yeah. And then the pitch is a, a park. That's
0: it, with the a, clock end's still there, isn't uh, it? Mm-hmm. That was listed, And yeah. it's
1: a garden that belongs to the people who live in the flats and they've got keys to get into. But you can walk in and it's, it's incredible. And the stands, you know, are still there and they've got flats in them and function rooms. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. But then you walk outside. And there's pubs closed down and
0: yeah.
1: you know, and it's it's really sad. And I, you know, I love the new Arsenal Stadium, it's great, but um I hate the fact it's called after an airline. Um
0: it's the world now, isn't it? The yeah, world know, is just
1: I know, I know. But I love Tybury and I love the area around it, it's my favourite part of London. But there are boarded up pubs, and you just look and you go, no. You we
0: know? spoke today, we've done a show with um Dave Bond, who, who runs the Winslow, and he said that the areas around here, some of the pubs and some of the I think even the cafes are trying to get together and get a shuttle at first from here to Bramley Moor to everything to keep it alive and try to reach out to the club. So, yeah, logistically, Everton do need to move. My head is with that. My head is like, I want my son, I want his son to have great times. I want them to see what you've just described to me because I've not really seen it. So it's all for the future, but my heart just says this place is... You look back at memories and you, you think... I mean,
1: I'm still not over the fact that they don't train at Belfield anymore. So really... Course, yeah.
0: have, you, have you seen? Have you been there with the houses there? We drove through there. That, that's crazy.
1: You know, and I'm really not over that.
0: Yeah. So, so this one's going to be a big one.
1: <laughs> and that must be 15 years or something and I'm still not over that. Yeah. So, um, So yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to deal with it very well you know as i was driving up just to, to come today and obviously i do the, the, the same on match day we'll i park over that way and you know there is a legacy there's the school there's the there's the there's the hub there's the people's place you know there is going to be an everton um legacy in this area yeah um it's important it's very important particularly for for, for this for this part of, of of liverpool um it's really really important but and you know as much as my heart breaks for leaving this place and all the memories and all the stories that my granddad told me and my great-granddad told me and my dad's told me and my mum's told me and my nana's told me. You know, for all those stories that they've told me and all the ghosts that there are here for me, my heart breaks as much as it does for oh, County yeah. Roads and, and for Walton. And, you know, I really, really hope that as a city that is taken on board and as a city there is a will among the city's leaders and the city region's leaders to ensure that this area does not get forgotten and it does Mm. not get left behind because everton's gone because that would be as much of a tragedy as Goodison not being here anymore
0: i completely agree i'm I'm just looking around now you're way you're saying i'm looking around this place and Mm. yeah it's 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 going to be a a sad moment when that final the final game at goodison i don't think i'll be i'll be quite ready for that i'm sure you're the same but it's been really great to, to speak to you and just talk about some memories and my, my brain's going. I think mm. we're recording this on a Friday evening. I'm definitely getting a glass of red wine tonight just to reminisce on, on against my Everton moments. And when my little boy goes to bed and wife goes to bed, I'll probably get in a YouTube hole and watch some, some Everton stuff and all, all the boring stuff that us lads do do. Um, but just want, I do want to say thank you, first of all, to, to Everton Football Club for not only allowing us to, to, to record here at Goodison, but also just be some great guys with us. There's, there's, there's a guy sitting up, standing over there called Ashley. Fantastic. He's he's been really kind. Uh Mo, who works the fan engagement. What we do always say on our podcast is no matter how we feel about certain things at the football club, and I've got massive opinions on, on what's right and wrong here, there's good people who work here. And to allow us, me and Mel to come in and do our podcast, we do want to thank Everton Football Club for allowing us into one of my most favourite places. And I'm just trying to take it all in. And I'm probably going to get a bit emotional, I'm, I'll be here in two weeks flipping when we're getting beat one-nil. But such is the life I've ever told know, you. and I'm just
1: looking at the names, you know, Philip Carter yeah. um, and and Howard, yeah. um, you know, two really good men, um, good Evertonians and, and good men and good football people. And yeah, sad. It's sad.
0: We'll have to get together before that final game oh, and, yeah. and maybe have a, a couple of glasses <laughs> of wine and cry together. But um, thank you so much. My for coming pleasure. No, thank Pal you podcast. very
1: much. Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: And anyone who's watching on the YouTube, we are over at Across the Park PC on Instagram and Twitter. If you're listening on the audio podcast, please go over to YouTube and give us a subscribe. But from Sophia Mills from Mel Harvey, live at Goodison Park, thank you so much for watching. As always, up the toffees.